4, 21 to 31. Tell me, you who want to be under the law, are you not aware of what the law says? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the slave woman and the other by the free woman. His son by the slave woman was born in the ordinary way, but his son by the free woman was born as the result of a promise. These things may be taken figuratively, for the woman represents two covenants. One covenant is from Mount Sinai and bears children who are to be slaves. This is Hagar. Now Hagar stands for Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present city of Jerusalem because she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem that is above is free, and she is our mother, for it is written, Be glad, O barren woman who bears no children. Break forth and cry aloud, you who have no labor pains, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband. Now you brothers, like Isaac, are children of promise. At that time, the son born in the ordinary way persecuted the son born in the power of the spirit. It is the same now. But what does the scripture say? Get rid of the slave woman and her son, for the slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with the free woman's son. Therefore, brothers, we are not children of the slave woman, but of the free woman. Children are invited to go to kids' church. I have so many things I want to say. <laughs> First of all, if you if you paid attention to the words of the music, we could skip the message. We got it covered, so that's good. Um, and and I have to just tell you, Kim, I'm going to tell on you, Kim. Kim said, I don't know what that scripture was about, so I'm kind of curious to see what you're going to say about that. <laughs> Not Kim. <laughs> um, so on Wednesday, Matt called me Wednesday afternoon. He said, I'm really sick, and my whole family is sick. And you can, can you give the message this week? And i got to be The first thing that I thought about was, let's see. Jared moved out three weeks ago, and we're right in the middle of the crazy mask crisis at school, and work is really hard. And my principal was gone for a week, so I was doing her job, and... And then my friend Josh is in jail, and I'm trying to help him figure that out. And my brother just found out that the cancer treatment isn't working anymore. And I had all this stuff going through my head, right? And then I thought about it, and I thought, the entire book of Galatians is about how I can't do it myself. <laughs> so I stand before you with that complete understanding that I can't do it myself. And God is gracious. God is so good. Um, so I said to Matt, what, what, do you want, what do you want me to do? <laughs> and he said, just, just share a devotional, like 10 or 15 minutes. And I laughed, because if you all know me, I could talk for a couple hours. I was like, well, that's good. Um, and I said, but don't you want to stick with the Galatians theme? And he said, well, if you want to, just read through Galatians and tell, us, tell everybody what you thought about it. OK, well, that makes it easy. Um, <laughs> So I started, 
the first thing I did was I read the book of Galatians. And I read it, I think I read it in the Revised Standard Version on Wednesday. And then on Thursday, I read it in the Message. And then on Friday, I read it in the Amplified. And then on Saturday, I can't even tell you what I read it in, but I read it in four different versions. And God is so good. <laughs> I mean, God is just so good. Um, if you've never read it from the beginning to the end, here's, here's my first observation. It is not a book of chapter and verses. It's a letter. And it's a letter that Paul was writing to the churches that he had established and he was in the churches were founded by him. And if you do some looking at it, there's some speculation that he had been back there at least once to check in on them. And it was the churches were full of Greeks and Jews all together. And they had lost their way. So as I read through Galatians, um, Paul had one thing he wanted them to hear. There is one gospel. There is one message, there is one proclamation, there is one good news. But the Galatians had a problem. They had believed a lie about God. What was that lie and why did they believe it? So I was hiking with a friend yesterday and I was telling her kind of my whole thought process and what, what God had been talking to me about and, and what I was what I was thinking about and what I thought I might do today. That's yesterday. Still thinking about it, right? <laughs> and, and I said this to her. I said, you know, when you're preparing to teach or to give a message, the Holy Spirit uses every experience in your life to instruct you and teach you. And then I laughed. And I said, guess what? The Holy Spirit uses every experience in your life to instruct you and teach you. It's not about if you're preparing a message or if you're going to teach. The problem is I'm not listening most of the time. I'm missing so much of what God is trying to say to me or what the Holy Spirit's trying to say to me. So I, I said, just a minute, i got to say that into my phone so I remember that because that's going to be part of what I talk about. <laughs> so on Friday... If you know me, I like to be outside. So on Friday, I was riding my bike on the Rio Grande Trail. I was riding from Glenwood to Carbondale with a friend. And I'm riding along the trail, and I noticed something that I've never noticed on that trail before. There are all kinds of turnoffs. It pretty much follows the highway from Glenwood to Carbondale. But you can turn off on this little dirt road, or there's this little paved thing that goes off this way. Or, and I'm looking at it, Mom, and I'm like, I wonder where that goes. Oh, that looks interesting. Could I get there faster if I go that way? You know, and I was just thinking about all the time wondering if there was a better path. How easy it is to take our eyes off the destination. So here's why I think the people got lost. There's three things that came to my mind about why the Galatians were getting this letter from Paul that says, what are you doing? Number one, they had lost their ability to improve themselves and impress their peers and God. There was no way to increase their standing. Number two, they were trying to cover all their odds. And number three, they didn't think it could possibly be that easy. 
just to follow Jesus. So I'm going to look at those with you today. That's kind of where I'm going. First of all, they had lost their ability to impress anybody. To the Jews, in Psalm 146 that Jude read this morning, verse 3 and 4, it says, Do not put your trust in princes, no matter who they are. They cannot save you. It no longer had to do with being righteous or being powerful or looking like you had it all together. What are the lies that we believe about God? That we have to impress him? That he compares us and says, well, how come you're not like him? Or how come you're not like her? That we have to act and look righteous? That we have to do more? That we are more than one body? That the things that separate us are more important than the, thing, than the things that unite us? I find myself getting caught in a lot of those. And to the Greeks, he said, if you read the message, I love the message, you know, it's not, you, you can look at it and say, well, it's not really a literal translation, but it just is rich to think about things in a different way. So Paul says to the Greeks, you were slave to things which by nature were not and could not even be God's. I'm humbled, and it's painful to think about the things I'm a slave to that could not be God. I was looking at a, at a Coles ad in the, um, in the newspaper the other day, and it had every page was like, this will make your children happy. This will bring joy into your life. This will make you so much better and happier in your life. And I was just like, this? This? But we buy that sometimes. We look at that and we're like, oh, that commercial on TV, they look so happy when they bought that car. I should have that car. We get caught up in so many things. When Paul was talking to the Galatians, he's like, why have you accepted other gospels? And he said, Shelly, why have you accepted other gospels? What did you get caught up in that you thought was going to be what made you happier or what brought you joy? And all because we want to look better. The second reason I think they got lost is I think they were covering their odds. Um, when I was... In Vegas, a couple weeks ago, first of all, if you know anything about me, I hate Vegas. Every time I go there, I say, if I never go there again, I'll be just great. I don't want to gamble. I don't want to see people who are caught up in that hope of something that doesn't bring hope. Because Vegas is full of lost people looking for something that they're not going to get. But I was there because my nephew got married, and so I had to be there. So I was watching this guy, and I'm a, I don't know the names of that, but I think he was playing craps. I think that's what it's called. And he was at this table, and I'm watching him. And he put money on, like, the two, three, and the four. And he rolled a five. So he put money on the five and the six. And pretty soon he had all the numbers covered but one. <laughs> I mean, covering his odds, right? He's not going to gain anything. He's not going to lose anything. 
I think that's what was going on with the Galatians. I think they were all in for Jesus, but they were covering their odds by keeping the laws and the practices. Like, let's just make sure we got this covered anyway, just in case. They're saying you should be circumcised, so let's, let's kind of join in on that too, because I don't know if this Jesus is the whole thing. And I want to make sure I got the whole thing. The third reason I think the Galatians got lost is they didn't think it could possibly be that easy just to follow Jesus. Many of them were Jews. Being a Jew was hard. Even Paul admits to that. In Galatians 3.10, he says, For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. As it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. How then can faith in Jesus be so simple? The Jews had come from, I got to make sure I do this on Sunday, and I got to do this with the meat, and I got to make sure this doesn't happen, and I got to cover this base. They were, they were covering their odds. And here comes Paul giving them a new gospel that says, just have faith in Jesus. That sounds way too simple. I um, had a student once many years ago, and I remember the interaction so clearly. She had, been, she had been caught up in getting in little bits of trouble all the time, and it was because she was trying to figure out how to be accepted. When, you were, when you're in middle school, you're trying to fit in, and you do the stupidest things to try to fit in. <laughs> and so she was like, she was just like forever doing stupid things, trying to impress her, press her peers, trying to figure out where she would fit in. And she came to my office one day, and she said, Mrs. Gardner, I'm ready to be one of the good kids. And I said, awesome. That's great. And she looked at me with just intensity in her eyes and longing, and she said, what do I do? Isn't that what we do all the time? I want to I be one of the good kids with God. What do I do? What do I do? Him is over there. He's doing that. Maybe I should do that. Maybe I should get involved in that because he gets a lot of recognition for doing that. So what? maybe I should go do that. And then well, look at this happening over here. Maybe I should do that. And we can get so caught up in what should I do. If we get rid of all the laws... What do we do to be good? What about all that other stuff? So I had read this morning Mark 10, 17 through 27. I want to open that up again. You know, the last time I gave the message in front of church, I didn't have to wear glasses. That's always an extra challenge. <laughs> Switching back and farts. Jesus started on his way, and a man ran up to him and fell on his feet before him and said, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And what did he say? He said, I have followed all the laws. I have kept all the commandments. I have done everything right in my life. I've got that. I got it. I got it. But he's still saying, what should I do? And what does Jesus say to him? He says, one thing you lack Go sell everything you have and give it to the poor. Then you'll have treasure in heaven. 
and the man's face fell. And he went away sad because he had great wealth. And Jesus looked around and he said, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were amazed at his word. Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. So it's looking into that, because I've looked into that before, and I always think that's pretty interesting. Um, there's a tradition that started, I think, about the 1500s, that there was an extra gate in Jerusalem, and after the other gates were closed, this smaller gate would be open, and it was called the Eye of the Needle. And a camel could go through it, but it had to get rid of all of its packaging and, and all of its, its backpacks and all of its burdens on its back. Then I also read that there's not really any evidence that that was really there, but it's a good story. <laughs> and so then I was reading that maybe there was a mistake made and that camel is a Greek misspelling of the word, and don't, where's, where she is, don't, don't say anything, Carla. <laughs> Camelos, and it was written in place of Camelos, which is supposed to mean a rope or a thread. So I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about um, when I go to thread a needle. Another one of those things you can't do when you get older, just saying. <laughs> when I go to thread a needle, and, and I, it's got this little, little bitty, bitty hole, and I've got this thread, because every now and then I'm going to sew a bucket button on. That's about the extent of my sewing. But I have this little thread, and I'm shoving it, and I'm shoving it, and I'm shoving it, and I'm licking it, and I'm trying to get all the little frayed edges off of it. And it doesn't matter how many times I do it, the little frayed edges always out on the end, and I can't get it through there. It doesn't matter whether it was a camel going through an opening, thread going through a needle. The image is clear. I've kept the law. I have esteem and power, the rich young ruler said. I have wealth beyond measure. Here's what I pictured Jesus was trying to say to him. You got all this stuff packed up on your back. I just see him with this door in front of him going, how do I enter the kingdom of heaven? You got all this stuff packed up on your back, and you're trying to get through the door, and all your stuff is going to keep you from getting through the door. That's what I think Jesus was saying to him. You got to get rid of all that. You got to be unburdened, whether you're the camel or the rich young ruler or the thread going through the needle. You got to be burdened of all those frays. You got to be burdened of, uh, unburdened of all that extra stuff. It's got to be paired back with only the necessities because all we need is Jesus. That's it. Anything else is extra stuff. And you're not going to make it if you're too busy packing up and accumulating the extra stuff. And then here's Paul. He talks about, you know, in my former life of Judaism, I was zealous for the law. I studied more than anybody else. I even tracked down and killed all those who opposed Judaism. I was loyal to tradition. He was trying to tell them, I get it. I had all this stuff I was packing around with me, thinking that was going to save me. 
I was living under the law, and it was too much. He knew that they couldn't do it on, his, on their own. And he knew the freedom that comes with faith. And that's what Paul was trying to remind them of. There is freedom that comes with faith. You don't got to go collect all this other stuff. You don't got to cover all your odds. Over 2,000 years ago, Jesus died and he gave us freedom. And we have struggled to walk in it ever since. I'm reading a book set in the 1500s right now. Um, it's really good. It's, it's, um, right now we're talking about the Crusades in England. And I'm reading about how the priests in England who were so powerful and really who decided everything that was going on in the country. And the priests were very upset because people, the Protestants, were starting to translate the Bible into English. Why was that such a big deal? Because then the priest no longer had control over what they said it said in there. They didn't want him to know what it said. And not only were they translating it in English, they were reading it without a priest present. We have been trying for 2,000 years to be free of all that stuff. So no message from this pulpit would be um, complete without a quote from G.K. Chesterton. <laughs> but my friend shared this with me when we were hiking yesterday. She said, oh, it's just like the quote from G.K. Chesterton. I can't even say his name. And I was like, okay, do tell. And she said, Christianity got over the difficulty of combining furious opposites by keeping them both and keeping them both furious. I'm going to read that to you again because it just struck me and knocked me off my feet. Christianity got over the difficulty of combining furious opposites, the law and faith, by keeping them both and keeping them both furious. In the message when I was reading Galatians, it said, again, love the message, only crazy people believe that they can complete by their own efforts what was started by God. Well, there we are. I'm among the crazy because <laughs> I get caught up in thinking I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it on my own. We are struggling to be free from the law. We set rules over ourselves and others that we can't possibly meet. We're struggling to see that it is all and only Jesus. Brennan Manning, one of my favorite authors, said in his book, Dear Abba, glasses back on. In order to be free, to be faithful to this sacred man and his dream, to others and ourselves, we must be liberated from the damnable imprisonment of self-hatred and freed from the shackles of project projectionism, perfectionism, moralism, legalism, and unhealthy guilt. Freedom for the for fidelity demands freedom from enslavement. It is a tired cliche, a battered bumper sticker, an overused and often superficial slogan, but it is the truth of the gospel. Jesus is the answer. 
Galatians 4, and I'm going to get to it, Kim. Galatians 4, 21 to 31. Get this out of the way. It tells the story of Hagar and Sarah. Tell me, you who desire to be under the law, do you not listen to the law? This is, I think maybe that's where, that's where it said in the message, are you crazy? <laughs> so, so Paul tells the story, for it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a slave woman and one by a free woman. But the son of the slave was born according to the flesh, while the son of the free woman was born through promise. Now, this may be interpreted, interpreted allegorically. These women are two covenants. One is from Mount Sinai, bearing children for slavery, and she is Hagar. Now, Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia. She corresponds to the present Jerusalem, for she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem above, that which Jesus offers, it doesn't say that, but that's what he's saying, is free. And she is our mother. Now you brothers, like Isaac, are children of promise. But just at that, as, at, as at that time, he who was born according to the flesh persecuted him who was born according to the spirit, so also it is now. What does the scripture say? Cast out the slave woman and her son. For the son of the slave woman shall not inherit with the son of the free woman. So, brothers, we are not children of the slave, but of the free woman. Now, there was a streak in my life where I read the Bible completely through 13 years in a row, and I never remember reading that in Galatians. <laughs> so when I read it five times this week, <laughs> I kept going, what, 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 God, what do you want me to see in that? What does it mean? And to me, it means I was born of the free woman. I was born of Jesus Christ. I do not have to live in slavery to the things that do not bring life. We are not under the law because we are born of faith. Praise God. <laughs> so... In the Bible, it often says, you have heard it said. I'm going to say, you have heard it said, do not put all your eggs in one basket. <laughs> but I say unto you, put all your eggs into one basket. <laughs> there are baskets all around you that you can try and fill. You can try and fill them by... Being saved by your works. I miss it. Or you can fill it by being saved by faith. You can try and fill them by following the law and being crucified or circumcised. Or you can put it in Jesus' basket because you don't have to be circumcised. We are not under the law. You can try to... Fill it by following every jot and tittle of the law. Good luck with that. Let me know how that works out for you. Uh, or you can say, I'm a child born by the promise. You can try to fill your baskets by saying, 
I'm just going to be enslaved to everything around me. I'm going to try and make more money. I'm going to try and be a better person. I'm going to be a better husband. I'm going to be a better wife. I'm going to be a better, be a better, be a better. Or you can live in freedom with Jesus Christ. You can take detours just like on that path of the Rio Grande. See if they take you anywhere good or helpful. Or you can follow the narrow path. You can look to say, our church is right about this and that church is wrong about that and look for ways to find a Or you can say, as Paul said, there is no male, no female, no slave, no, nor free, nor Jew, nor Greek. We are one body. <laughs> you can f- create and devise systems to approve yourself. Oh, I'm so good at this. I'm going to lose six pounds by Thanksgiving, and I'm going to make sure every day I do XXX, and I'm going to make sure I contact this person on this regular occasion, and I can create all kinds of systems to be better. Or I can live in the grace of Jesus Christ. You can be cursed. You can be redeemed. You can try really hard. Do the work of the flesh. Or you can live in the fruit of the Spirit. All is Jesus. This is the only gospel. This is the only message. This is the only proclamation. This is the good news. Don't get distracted or led astray. In the words of the disciple, when Jesus asked him, why do you still follow me? He said, where else would I go? Who else has the words of life? Paul ends the book of Galatians by saying, may what... Our master Jesus Christ gives freely, be deeply and personally yours. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, my brothers and sisters. Amen. I want to play a song for you. We're going to see how this works. I practiced it this morning and it worked, but that doesn't mean anything. But this is our prayer this morning.
Jesus, you don't owe